and welcome to The Beef Edge, the Chagas Beef Podcast, for all your latest news, information and advice for Irish beef farmers. I'm Catherine Egan, and on this episode, Pat Collins, Green Acres Dairy Calf to Beef participant, gives an update on his progress. Pat operates a mixed tillage and beef enterprise outside Castlemartyr County Cork. But first, I asked Pat for an overview of his farm system. Um, we're running three systems, uh... Uh, Angus heifer, calf to eighteen month beef. Hopefully finished off grass. Hoping for a sort of a two eighty kilo carcass. Uh, sixteen month bull beef, which we don't have this year, but we had last year. Um, put into the shed and killed May time. Uh, hopefully with a three twenty for three twenty three thirty kilo carcass. And the third uh system we run is a. 20-month bull beef system um, let out for a second summer grazing and put in midsummer and uh, finished out of the house in October, November, I'm hoping for a 350, 360 carcass. And in consultation with the Green Acres farm plan that you drew up with your advisor, Sean Cummins, how many calves have you bought in this year? Uh, we're up in numbers this year. We're up to 180 about, um, just to try and stock the farm fully. And how are you sourcing calves this year? Uh, we buy all our calves off local farmers. Um, the majority of them are bought within a 10-mile radius off of farmers that we have, uh, we've been repeatedly buying off for the last couple of years. It's, um, we find it very beneficial to know the history of the herd and have a sort of a personal relationship with the, with the herd owners. Uh, a lot of lads I buy off I'm friendly with, so, um, you know, there's a bit of give and take on both sides and it works well. That's great. And what type of dairy calves did you purchase this year? Uh, mainly Frisian bulls. Um, the vast majority does about 130 Frisian bulls. Um, we bought about uh, somewhere over 30 uh, Angus and Hereford heifers and a couple of continental heifers thrown in as well. And the rest then are um, Angus, Hereford and continental bulls. Uh, but there's only they're the minority there's only maybe 20 of them there and how will you manage them now from weaning through the grazing season uh, the, there's 150 of them out in grass so there'll be another another one out this week and the last 15 then will be in for another week or two maybe Um the oldest group that were there about a month, they were dosed last weekend uh, with a Genesis pour on. Um, and the next bunch there with about three three weeks, yeah, they will be getting the pour on, hopefully, maybe the middle end of next week. Um, so they all got a vaccination for black leg before they went out. And again, the oldest group will be getting their second uh, vaccination in, in a couple of weeks' time and continuing on with the younger groups. Um, they were sort of let out into strong enough grass to start off, and they were just sort of let mope around, I suppose. Um, they're all on close ad-lib ration uh, of home, homemade ration. Um, we make all our own rations at home. Uh, Michael Cleary from Specialist Nutrition formulates all them for us. And uh, we use majority of the ingredients we use is homegrown on the farm. So um, they're all going away fine now. They're the oldest bunch now are starting. They're on after they're sort of 
we try and slowly introduce them to the richer grass if we can. Uh, we put them on semi or grass at the start, just and leave them up right around there. And obviously, when you take calves out, the paddocks are dirty, but all them paddocks have either been baled or topped. Actually, the last one has been baled today now. So um, we just find it's a system that sort of works well for us. And what size groups do you fetch the calves in as they're rotating around? Uh, there's two groups of 75 and uh, the youngest group then will be a group of 30, 30, 35. So, um, and look, that will be changing as the year goes on. We tend to re-batch calves a lot throughout the summer. Obviously, weaker ones and stronger ones that you'll be taking in and out and taking out heifers and so on and so forth. So that does tend to change a good bit over the course of the summer, but we keep a close eye on calf performance. Uh, this is probably the biggest that we have ran groups of calves now this year. Um, we used to usually run them in groups of 50, but uh, just for feeding convenience this year, we find two groups of 75 uh, fits in well. And how is grassland management on the farm at the moment? Uh, it's gone away fine. Um, we were really motoring there for a couple of weeks. Two weeks ago, we were up over uh, uh, the average for the week was a growth rate of 110. Uh, we were back to 90 last week and down even a little bit now again on this morning's walk down to about 85. So, look, we are starting to get fairly dry. We still have a total farm cover of just shy of 700. Um, we've about 10 days ahead of us, so we're not going too bad. If we get the rain that's forecast for the weekend, we'll be, or for Thursday night, we should be fine. The seven mil forecast that should keep us going for another week at least. But um, we have taken out a lot of paddocks all along to keep the quality of the grass good, uh, which of course it did. But we tried to stagger taking out the paddocks as much as we can so we wouldn't have a load of aftergrass coming back together and we ended up mowing paddocks yesterday that were just gone very strong you couldn't really have grazed them but it, I suppose it wasn't ideal in hindsight but um, look as I say we're tipping away fine at the moment we got an interrain 10 days ago uh, over the space of 2 days that I'd say a lot of the rest of the country didn't get so we're not in a bad state of affairs once we get a little bit of rain at the weekend and you're the host of the Grass Tin course in Castle Martyr. What benefit are you seeing to walk at the farm now during the current peak of growth during the current season? Yeah, well, I even I did a walk last on Sunday morning and I usually would do one a week or maybe one every five days, but I just went out and did it again there now this morning just to sort of uh, confirm to myself that what I was thinking I was seeing, I was seeing, you know, um, and growth is back from what it was 10 days ago. The group is a great group. Um, there's a group of lads, lads and ladies there in it that uh, I suppose they're all like myself. They're enthusiastic about um, sort of grass-based beef production systems, and uh, there's a couple of real, real good operators in it. All facilitated by uh, Ruth Fennell and John Maher. John is he's a brilliant, uh, he's a brilliant approach, practical approach to growing grass. Um, there's no, there's no right or wrong way. It's all got to do with the circumstances. So it's not by the book. He's very practical and he's been a huge benefit to me. I was only on the phone to him there now this morning and started querying about spreading fertilizer now in the dry weather and things. So he's all, he's all at the end of the phone and his advice is invaluable now, to be fair. And what will the fertilizer 
approach be for the coming weeks? Um, the plan is to blanket spread the farm maybe Thursday evening, hope, hoping that we'll get the rain Thursday night. We'll put out about 25 units of um, either can or protected urea, looking, depending on the weather. So that's the plan. The silage ground, um, it all got slurry. Uh, we cut the first cut of silage last week, so that all got slurry. And I'll probably go out with um, some places. I'll go with two bags of can and more places. I might haul back ground that would be more suitable to grazing um, I might haul back a bag on that just in case I end up grazing it uh, so that's the plan for the moment and Last year you made very good quality silage up in the mid-70s, what difference had that made to wake in over the winter for your farm? Uh, yeah, actually it made a huge difference obviously um, the Angus heifers, they were mainly fed just, just silage and a bit of straw and a bit of mineral and things uh, so that was a big saving to be made there and they, they still even came out of the shed fairly hot looking, fairly fleshy. Um, the bulls then got a bit of beef as well. We like to keep them going as much as we can but definitely um, making top quality silage for us rather than quantity is of paramount importance and uh, we have no interest in, in big bulks of, of uh, low quality silage. And the current yearlings that were turned out, how are they progressing at the moment? They're going away fine, yeah. Um, the bulls are in two groups. The larger group are probably up over 500 kilos at this stage. They will be coming in probably sooner rather than later, depending on grass growth. If grass gets tight, they'll be the first group to come in. Um, I'd like to leave them out probably to the middle of July if possible, but if I had to bring them in tomorrow, it wouldn't be the end of the world. The smaller group then they're about four four seventy five, four eighty kilos. They're going away fine. They're probably a lot of later calves. Um they'll be we'll be aiming to leave them out until probably mid August and put them in then and we'll be staggering our finishing times as well so which makes it a little bit more the bulls a bit more marketable. Um the heifers uh they're coming in probably at the moment at about 450 uh, without having weighed them they're going away fine they're on a different block to at home uh, they're on a block further north it would be slightly heavier ground so up there there's no problem at the moment I don't think they're not overly heavily stocked so I don't think there's going to be an issue for grass up there but um, yeah they're all going away good now thank god that's great Pat you made a change this year to the farm receding plan can you tell me about it yeah, we took, uh, we have an arable operation as well. Um, so we took 16 acres out of the tillage rotation and we put it into red clover and Italian ryegrass. Um, we, as much as we can, we try and feed beef. Uh, we find it, it's a great rotational crop for the tillage side of it and it does, does a bit of a margin in it as well um we find cattle do very well in it, but obviously one of the drawbacks with feeding bees is you have a very low protein diet so rather than being solely depending dependent on imported protein um we said we'd give this a go uh it's obviously much higher protein silage so just to bring up the total protein of the diet a little bit um we said we'd we'd, we'd give this a go it's a sort of a three-year lay 
and it'll more than likely be going back into the tillage rotation again after that. That's the plan anyway. So we'd hope that it would uh, lend itself to being a very useful break crop as well for the tillage enterprise. So the ground it's on, there isn't a, a lot of other break crops that you can grow there. So it should be beneficial to both uh, enterprises. And when was it so on? We started um, on the 28th of April. Um, it's well up now and the ground is well covered. Uh, we gave it um, two bags of 12.623 before was set and it'll probably get another 50 units for the first cut. Um, there isn't a whole pile of work done on red clover, but one of the things is it doesn't produce uh, a whole pile of nitrogen itself until later in its first season. So we're going to give it a bit of a kick on there for the first cut and we'll we'll play we'll assess the situation then after that for the second cut. Maybe maybe or maybe not it might need nitrogen, but if you apply too much nitrogen to a crop crop of red clover, it actually reduces the yield. So um look it's all for us it's just about being a bit more sustainable and as I said earlier on, we'll use nearly all our own ingredients in in our homemade rations so look this is just another string to our bow maybe that we might be able to take a bit of um we're not depending on volatile imported markets you know finally in the coming weeks on the farm it's exceptionally busy what are you doing on the farm in relation to health and safety and with current COVID-19 restrictions so look i suppose in the current times obviously social distancing is the name of the game at the moment when we did the first cut last week um we made the decision that we covered the pit ourselves um, just to try and obviously when you have a lot of lads throwing tires, social distancing isn't uh, isn't exactly possible. So we the contractor uh, left the loader there and the man on the loader, he was driving that for us. So I put up the sheet myself and I made the decision to... Um, get a, a a new a new cover for the silage pit I, I had it in my mind for, for a while going back a silo cover they're called um they're sort of a heavy net cover that they would re- require very little tires uh it sits down on top of the plastic on the pit um so i i was looking for one for a long time and i couldn't find it but i got one eventually i found mcdonald brothers in um Coolagown they supply them and as much as we can we try and uh, get away from manual labour we have a teleporter that does all the heavy lifting we try and do as little lifting as we can so this is just another thing to try and cut down on the workload during the winter taking tyres off to pit and again just to help in the fight against coronavirus for whatever our little bit will do we'll, we'll do our little bit anyway That's great Pet thanks very much for joining me on the show Not at all thanks for having me that's all for this episode and my thanks to Pat for joining me on the show. You can catch up on all other shows and interviews from the Beef Edge podcast on the Chagas website at chagas.ie or you can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast so you'll never miss a show. For all other updates from our Beef programme, keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Until next time, I'm Catherine Egan and thanks for listening.